Thank you for joining us for this recent message from Freedom Ministries in Crossit, Arkansas. Connect with us online at freedomministriescrossit.com and let us know what God is doing in your life through this ministry. Now prepare your heart to hear a word that we pray will bless your life. Yesterday, I was uh, looking through my notes and making sure uh, you were all my scriptures were and everything. And Zeke came and said, Daddy, what are you doing? I said, I'm getting, getting ready to teach, get, get my lesson ready for Sunday school. And he said, why are you going to teach the little kids? And I said, I'm, I'm not. I'm going to teach the adults. And he said, the adults have Sunday school? <laughs> yeah. And he said, well, why? And um, I said, well, because, you know, you, we just want to learn more about Jesus. And he said, Dad, no. Them people should be teaching themselves by now. <laughs> I said, oh, son, I don't even know what to say. I don't even know what to say. I said, amen. I said, well, buddy, I don't know. I said, the Bible does say that. It says, we, uh, by this point, we ought to be teaching. I said, but I still have to learn, too. I said, we're all still learning. Uh, I wanted to, you know, um, uh, the mouths of babes, but we recognize a prophetic gift when they're young, and maybe I can teach him to temper it before he gets into too much trouble. And I said... <laughs> So I said, well, we all, I'm still learning, too. We all still need to learn about God. It's good to learn. I don't know, Daddy. I don't know. <laughs> Hallelujah. <laughs> he, uh, it is. He can be harsh sometimes, but you know, when it's, you, know when it's that, you know when it's that gift coming out of him because that came out of nowhere. We were talking about superheroes, and then he said, no, Daddy, they, them folks ought to be teaching themselves by now. So, I'm going to share that word with y'all. <laughs> we may need to come on and repent now, but uh-uh. <laughs> it's done. Uh, um, this past Sunday, uh, Evangelist Timmy shared a scripture that it, you know how sometimes you hear something and it, it sticks to you. It sticks in your spirit. And, um, and I meditated on that scripture all week long. And, um, and I think it's the same, actually, I think it's the same scripture. I had to go look it up. And, uh, but it was where you said, be sober, be vigilant. And I didn't even pay attention to the rest of the scripture. Um, because those two words, be sober, be sober minded and be vigilant. It just, it's, it stuck me right here. And I begin to see how we have how important it is that we are sober-minded and we are vigilant because, and it says in the next part of the scripture, our adversary, the devil, as a roaring lion, walketh about seeking whom he may devour. First Peter five eight and nine. So he's always looking. He's always looking for some way to get in, and so. I can save myself a lot of warfare, though, if I'm sober, sober-minded, and I'm vigilant. I'm alert, and I'm looking. Where's he coming from? Where's he coming? And I can watch and see where he's coming from. 
Be sober, be vigilant, because your adversary the devil as a roaring lion walketh about seeking whom he may devour, colon. That's not the end of the sentence. He tells us who his target is that he's seeking to devour. Whom resist steadfast in the faith, knowing that the same afflictions are accomplished in your brethren that are in the world. So who does he want to devour? It's those of us who resist steadfast in the faith. And I didn't really realize how this scripture tied together with what God spoke to me on, on Tuesday. We're in the prayer and um, we, uh, our, some of our youth um, were dealing with some trauma that happened that day uh, here in town in their school. And, um, and God gave me a word on resisting. And it's James 4, 7. It says, Submit yourselves for, therefore to God. Resist the devil, and he will flee from you. Now, both of those words tie together because it's about one, I think, very important word, and that is resist. We just, we resist. Sometimes, we're in a battle, and we're not really even sure what to do with this battle. But he says, we resist. If I resist the devil, and this is really what God showed me in prayer on Tuesday, he can't, the Bible says he can't keep up that attack for very long. He has very poor endurance. That's why Paul said that we run with patience and endurance the race that's set before us. So I have endurance in the Holy Ghost. The devil doesn't have very much endurance. He can attack us. But, let's keep that scripture up there for just a few more minutes. But, he can't keep up the attack very long. He has very poor endurance. It's like me if I want to run around the block. I set out to run around the block, but after I get to that first turn, my endurance has left me and I decide to walk around the block. Thank you, Brother Tim. It's, um, I don't have, but I try to work up my endurance, you know, <laughs> but, but right now my endurance is my goal is I want to run around the block, but all I can really do is make it to that first corner. And then I'm like, I'm going to walk a little while and I may try to run again in a few minutes, but whew, right now I have to walk. The devil doesn't have endurance in his attack against us. He actually really only likes to pick on weak people. People who don't withstand attack for very long. Okay. He, he only likes to pick on weak, weak people. And we know that because when he came to Jesus after he had been in prayer and fasting for 40 days in the wilderness to tempt him, he tempted him in three areas. And Jesus withstood. He resisted the attack. Resist. Tempt him with something else. Resist. Tempt him with something else. Resist. And the devil was done. The devil was beat up over just the fact that he had worn himself out trying to attack Jesus. And it says that he left him to seek a more opportune time. So we know that he doesn't like to come against people who are strong and who resist. He only wants to come and look for somebody that he can devour. That's why he's seeking 
He's seeking those, 1 Peter 5, 8 and 9. Who is he seeking? He's seeking after those who resist steadfast in the faith. He's seeking after us to see, is their resistance a little bit lower today? That's who he's seeking after. Can I get past that resistance today? Maybe they hadn't prayed enough today. I've been watching. Maybe they don't have enough resistance today. Maybe I can devour them today. If we resist, though, he can't keep up the attack for very long before we've tired him out. And he has to leave, and he'll leave, and he'll go seek a more opportune time because we understand that is his uh, strategy. That was his strategy with Jesus. God help us. We ain't been Jesus fasting 40 days yet, and so... um, Maybe he don't get as tired quite as quickly because we don't put up as much of resistance as Jesus did. But in the prayer and the fasting, though, is when pastors taught this, and and I um and I and I grabbed it. We um, I'll make sure my children aren't in here. We have um, I shared this at the prayer a little bit ago. A few weeks ago, we were at ball practice with Gracie, and there was another little boy there who. Um, Zeke wanted to be friends with. He's a little bit older than him. He's probably seven, six or seven, probably. And um, but the boy would play with them. There's no other kids there. They, you know, they played chase. They played hide and seek. They played. An, an older kid showed up, and uh, that little boy wanted to be a big boy at that point, and he wanted to tell scary stories. That was what he decided to do. And Zeke said, "Nope." And um, he tried to tell him he doesn't need to tell scary stories, and. Um, and the little boy said, "Little boy said, it's it's okay. It's just a story. Um, I I really like telling scary stories. I'm going to tell scary stories." He looked to the older kid, and they wanted to hear the scary story. And and Zeke said, "No, no, no. Listen. Do you know about Jesus? We need to tell stories about Jesus." And the little boy said, "Yeah, we, he's who we talk about in church." And G, and Zeke said, "No, no." I mean, do you know Jesus? We need to talk about Jesus. We don't need to talk about scary stories. And the little boy laughed at him and, um, and said he was going to tell a scary story anyway, basically. We only talk about Jesus at church. And, um, and so Zeke left, and he went and he came up and told me. I'm listening the whole time, but I'm letting him do his thing. He came and told me that they're telling scary stories. And I said, well, you can sit with me until they're done. And he said, well, if they're done, can I play with him again? I said, absolutely. We, we just don't, we don't have to listen to a scary story, but we still love them. We still play with them. You know, we're still friends. And um, so he went back. The, the other little kid left. And uh, then the boy wanted to play with him again. <clears throat> and so he went, he said, um, the little boy came up and he said, do you want to play now? <laughs> and, Zeke, and Zeke said, yes, but sit down. Listen, this is how it's going to be. We can play. We can play chase. We can play hide and seek. We can play. But we cannot tell scary stories because Jesus is in our heart and he does not like scary stories. So you have to promise to not tell any more scary stories and then we can play. And he said, okay, okay. And... um, but because the, because the devil t- tries even the most innocent among us, he keep, and he keeps on trying until he knows he's not getting anywhere. So the, they play a little while longer, and then the little boy decides he really wants to tell another scary story. 
And, um, and he says, but this time it's going to be a good ending. It's going to be a good ending, I promise. So it's going to be fine. It may be a little scary, but it's going to be a good ending. And, um, and Zeke's like, mm, okay. And uh, the little boy starts talking, and he said something about a bloody finger. And, and Zeke said, no, no, no. In the name of Jesus, no. In the name of Jesus, no. And he covered up his ears. And that little boy was done, though. He didn't try to tell another scary story. But that's just how the devil comes at us. He comes, he tests. No, not getting anywhere right now. He comes and he tests a different direction. Not getting anywhere right now. He comes and he tests a different direction. Not getting anywhere right now. Not getting anywhere with them. And then he's tired. And he has to go take a rest. And do and leave us alone. But the key is, and I and I, I tell you, I, I told Zeke when I when he was done, he was telling me he came and told me all about it. I I'd heard it, but I, he came to tell me, and I said, Zeke, I want to be like you when I grow up because, <laughs> you know, he 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 never shut that boy out. He loved him. He played with him. He um. He told him about Jesus. He did not allow anything that he didn't want to happen to happen to him. He didn't give in to peer pressure. He was strong, but I was telling Pastor about it, and you know what it is, is Zeke comes to fasting and prayer every Thursday. He comes to prayer every Tuesday. He's at prayer all the time. And so where do we get that? Where did Jesus have the strength? He had the strength because he had been in fasting and prayer. We get our strength by being in fasting and in prayer. So, so when the adversary comes, and he comes to test, and he comes to see, can I devour them today? Do they have enough resistance for me to devour them today? He comes and he, and he pushes, and he tries, and he hits every area that God allows him to hit in our life. In every area that... It can be tested. Every area that can be tried, he tries, and he pushes, and he pushes, and he pushes. But eventually, our resistance, as long as we have been in prayer and we have the strength, have the strength to be in prayer, from the prayer to resist, and I resist, and I resist, then he's got to go. And the Bible actually tells James 4, 7, he's, and he's, it's the word. He says, if you resist the devil, he will flee. That it's, it's just that simple. Sometimes we feel like the attacks come on us so strong that I must be doing something wrong. I, what, have I, what have I done? And we want to be mad at God and we want to, and we want to say that it doesn't work. Or we want to, all these thoughts start coming into our mind. This, this, something is wrong here. This is not the way it's supposed to be. But... If I resist, he's going to flee. Sometimes I may not even know how to fight back. But if I resist, he's going to flee. In Romans chapter 8, verse 35, it says, And who shall separate us from the love of Christ? Shall tribulation or distress or persecution or famine or nakedness or peril or sword? As it is written, for thy sake we are killed all the day long. We are accounted as sheep for the slaughter. Nay, in all these things we are more than conquerors through him that loved us. What I see in that is all the things that can come against us. And then he says, 
We are more than conquerors. What I believe it's saying is the greater the adversity, the greater the conqueror we become. The greater the attack of the enemy that comes against us, famine, nakedness, peril, um, even as being accounted as sheep for the slaughter all day long. I just feel like I'm being, I feel like I'm being attacked with no protection. When we come against that, we resist. And then he says, I've been in all of those things. It's because of all those things. It's through all those things. I've been made more, not just a conqueror, not just victorious, not just on top and not beneath, not just above all of my problems, not just a winner and not a loser. I've been made more than all of those things. Through what? Through I resist. I resist the devil and he flees from me. Amen. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. <clears throat> I love Job. I just love Job. Um, but he, um, we'll read the first few scriptures here. There says, there was a man in the land of Uz whose name was Job, and that man was perfect and upright and one that feared God and eschewed evil. And there were born unto him seven sons and three daughters, and his substance was also 7,000 sheep, 3,000 camels, 500 yoke of oxen, 500 um, donkeys, and very great household, so that this man was the greatest of all the men of the east. And his sons went and feasted in their houses, everyone his day. They all went to house to house and just feasted. They were, they were wealthy. And called for their three sisters to eat and drink with them. And it was so that when the days of their... Feasting were gone about that Job sent and sacrificed for them. He rose up early in the morning and he offered burnt offerings according to the number of them all. For Job said, it may be that my sons have sinned and cursed God in their heart. Thus did Job continually. Job was a man, not just of holiness and righteousness. Job was a man of intense prayer. Job was a man that went after his children. He went after his household in prayer to cover them in prayer. Job was a man who wasn't just blameless in his, in his actions, but he was in his lifestyle. He was blameless in his deeds. He didn't do anything except seek after God, worship God, sacrifice to God, give to God. That's what, that was the life he led. He was upright and blameless in all of his ways. He feared God. He turned from evil. There was nothing wrong with Job. And so, but who came? The devil came to, to push and challenge. Now, Job ended up being more than a conqueror, but Job didn't even have a clue what was going on in his life. Amen? He had, he had no idea why he was going through, and we listened for Y'all, I feel like whenever, if, if you've ever read the whole book of Job, I, a lot of times if I want to read about Job, I start at the beginning and then I go to the end because there's 40 chapters in the, in the middle of Job complaining and all of his friends coming and telling them that he's really a sinner. If you just repent, then so we have our people who come and they tell us, you know, you know, you need to, obviously there's something wrong in your life. No, I'm, I'm seeking God. I'm seeking God. There's nothing wrong. I don't, know why it's, I don't know why it's coming against me, but I know if I resist, 
the enemy. That's why Ephesians chapter 6, verse 12, it says, We wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against principalities, against powers, against the rulers of the darkness of this world, against spiritual wickedness in high places. And then he says, Wherefore take unto you the whole armor of God, that ye may be able to withstand in the evil day, and having done all, to stand. That means resist. That means that I stand firm. When the attack comes, I stand. When the, when the enemy comes in like a flood, I stand. I withstand. I resist. I push back, and I don't come off of my post. I don't come off of where he put me. I stick my feet in the ground, and I say, I may not... Even if I don't even know how to advance against this enemy right this minute, I'm going to stand firm and you will not move me. You will not push me back. It doesn't matter what comes against me. You can attack my money. You can attack my health. You can attack my family. You can attack anything in my life. But let me tell you one thing, devil. I am not moving. I have a steel resolve. That's why he says I put on the whole armor of God. I do that in the prayer. He says, how do we do it? We pray always in the spirit and making supplication. I pray. I pray. I'm in the prayer so that when he says when the evil day comes, when the, when the day comes when it's our turn, that the devil tries to come and test and see, do they have any resistance left in them now? Do they have anything in them right now that can resist me? Then I can set my feet. I can set my face like a flint. I can stare straight forward to what God's called me to do and who God's called me to be, and I will not be moved. And then, but he, and then, and then, he attacks and he comes, but then he flees. If I don't move... What can he do with me? If I don't come off of what God told me, what can he? Some of us get a word from God, and I, I, I try to teach this to our youth every time we go to a conference somewhere, and God really does something in them. And I, every, every time we come back, our first service, I, I say, okay, raise your hand if the devil's already attacking what God did in you. They all raise their hand. I said, how many of you, you know, you were believing for something, God spoke something into you, and when you came home, it actually got worse. They all raised their hand. Yes, because he comes to, tre- to test. He comes to see, okay, they got something, but can I take it back? They got something. They got a word. They have some strength in them, but can I, can I take it back? Can I, can I come and hit them as hard as I can? And those times we resist we stand. I'm not moving. I'm not moving. Paul even said that as we run the race, let me find this scripture. Philippians 3.12, going to start there. It says, not as though I had already attained, either were already perfect, but I follow after if that I may apprehend that for which I also am apprehended of Christ Jesus. Brethren, I count not myself to have apprehended. I have not reached my goal. But this one thing I do, forgetting those things which are behind and reaching forth unto those things which are before, I press toward the mark for the prize of the high calling of God in Christ Jesus. Let us therefore, as many as be perfect, be thus minded. And if in anything ye be otherwise minded, God shall reveal it unto you. And then he says this, Nevertheless, whereto we have what we have already attained, 
Let us walk by the same rule and let us mind the same thing. Another translation puts a, a little bit more clear in, in my mind, but what he's saying here is, if I've already attained, if I've already taken ground in God, and I'm in the middle of running this race, and I, all of a sudden, I don't, I'm not pushing forward anymore. I'm having, I'm having trouble. He said, if you're, if you're like-minded, if you have the mind of Christ, then listen to this. What you've already attained, don't come off of it. You stand. You was running a minute ago. That's how you got there to begin with. But now all of a sudden, I'm pushing up against a brick wall. The devil's coming against me. Attack's coming against me. He said, in those times, nevertheless, whereto we have already attained. He says, you can walk. You were running a minute ago, but it's okay. You can, you can walk. But don't give up what you've already gotten from God. If you've already attained, keep that by all circumstances. Don't let the devil come and push you backwards so that you have to go back and get something back again from God. Don't let him take any ground from you that you've already taken back from him. Hallelujah, Jesus. When I've come, when the devil comes against me, and I, especially in times when I'm believing God for something, when I'm when I'm pushing forward in something, we have revival that's coming to this church right now. It's something we've been praying for for years. So when the devil comes and attacks, we don't give back ground. And, and I know that he comes and he's, I see attack in my own life because I believe that anybody who is praying and, and trying to push forward this revival, we're, we're, we're probably all under the same attack right now. And so I've taken ground. I've taken ground. I don't give back my ground. What I have already attained in God, I don't be discouraged and come off of it because I paid too high of a price to have that. I paid too high of a price to push forward to where I got to. Maybe right now the attack's so great, I, I, I don't even know how I can move forward, but I don't give up my ground. Maybe I was running a minute ago, but in, and now I'm walking, but I don't quit. I don't stop. He says the only way really that we, that we don't win in the end is if I decide to quit. We're guaranteed victory, guaranteed victory over every trial and circumstance if I just don't quit. I sent that to um, someone this week. I, I said, you know, I said, here's the thing. Adversities, adversity comes. You know, we have, we have a lot of people who are coming in and getting on fire for God for the first time and, and they're going home and they're facing great adversity. And I said, adversity comes, but the key is just don't quit. If I don't quit, I'm guaranteed victory. God's already purposed victory in me. Amen. Hallelujah. What the devil came to Job to do, and he came and accused Job before God, and he said basically this in verses 7 through 12, and I'm going to paraphrase. He said, does Job serve God for nothing? Of course Job likes to serve you, because he's the richest man in the whole world. Of course Job wants to serve you. You bless him in everything that he does. Of course he does. Of course he does. But if you, if you didn't, I know humans, they're not going to love you. He's not going to love you. He's not going to serve you if you didn't bless him. God said, you can test him. You can test what I've done in him and see. Didn't work. 
He came back and he said, of course he serves you because he's healthy. Of course. I hadn't touched his family, hadn't, hadn't been able to touch him personally. Of course he serves you. Of course he does. You, you're still protecting him. And God said, you can try that too because I know their heart. God knew Job's heart. He knew that, he, he knew that his heart was turned towards him. But <clears throat> Job didn't know. Job, through going through the trial, met God, served God his whole life, was righteous and holy, and he you, and for 40 chapters, he went on and on about how he was, how he was right and God was being unfair to him and, and complaining and that sort of thing. And then God finally shows up and he tells him the most profound scripture in, in the whole Bible, I believe. And that is, he says literally, gird up, a loin like your man, like, gird up your loins like a man. And it means put on your big boy pants, Job. Put on your big boy pants. There's more going on. There's more at stake than just what you think about yourself. There's more at stake than just you griping and complaining because you're rich and now you're poor. There's more going on than that. Put on your big boy pants. But Job, because he honored God, because he loved God, and he didn't, he loved God whether he was blessed, he loved God whether he was poor, he loved God whether he was healthy, he loved God whether he was sick. He loved God when his wife came and told him to curse God and die. Still loved God. Still stayed true. His friends brought him some animals to bless him. Job grabbed those animals and he sacrificed those things so fast to God. You know, he could have said, oh, hallelujah, thank you, Jesus. I'm going to start breeding these. And I'm going to get rich again. He sacrificed those things to God so fast. For his friend's salvation. That's what it was for. It was for his friend's salvation. His friends who for also over 40 chapters had told him how horrible he was and how God was cursing him. And they didn't believe in him. They told him that he, didn't really, he wasn't really righteous and that he really wasn't standing. And he needed to do this and he needed to do that. And told him he was wrong, wrong, wrong. He grabbed those things up. He sacrificed them for his friend's salvation. And God restored. Job was made not just a conqueror. He didn't just get back everything that he lost. He was made more than a conqueror because he got back double everything that he lost because of his faithfulness. You know, I was listening to a preacher the other day. Um, actually, I think it's a worship leader who had, a, who had some preaching on his worship CD. And he said, um, it's funny how in the Bible, God always equates faithfulness to a tree. Um, it's interesting because unlike vegetables and things that I can plant and harvest in the same year, trees take a long time. Um, an apple tree, you can wait five years, seven years for it to ever produce the first apple. So I'm grounded in God. My roots go deep. I'm working the seed that God planted, that God planted in me. I'm, I'm believing. I'm watering it. I'm speaking that word forth all the time. I don't see nothing. 
Nevin. So do I say it must not work because it didn't happen immediately? No. Do I say it must not work because it didn't happen as quick as I wanted it to? What if I'm the planter of that apple tree that takes seven years to produce an apple, and on year six, day 364, I decide this apple tree ain't doing nothing. I'm cutting this thing down, and I'm moving on. I miss my harvest by a day because it took a long time because the the battle for getting that harvest was longer than I wanted it to be because the battle, the, the trial to get what God had promised me was longer than I wanted it to be because my faith maybe only lasted six years and it took seven because my faith maybe only lasted this long and I didn't really like having to wait any longer. It must not work. This tree is defective. Didn't produce any apples. But if I, that's why faithfulness, that's why he equates faithfulness to a tree is because I'm faithful with the seed that God has planted in me. I'm faithful with the word that God has spoken over me. Hallelujah, Jesus. Yes, ma'am. That really resonates in me, and I think about it all the time, actually. It's Job didn't know what he had. We say as human beings, um, well, I will this and I will that, you know, faced with this, I'm gonna. We do not know what we will do until we're actually faced with a situation or a circumstance. We don't know how we are truly going to react in that. And um, a lot of times these things, they do come. They come for many reasons. God is multifaceted. And these things that happen are, are not just about me, Job, but sometimes they are to show me in the midst of all of it what I do have, yes. that I can stand, that I do have the power and the strength, and I, God is on my side. Hallelujah. Sometimes we just... We have to see that for ourselves about ourselves. And God knows that because we are, as I heard Mother say, we're noodles. You know, we're just little noodles. And <laughs> So when these things come, we have to be real careful about how we react in, in the battle, in the circumstances. Because what, what do we have? What's in us? That's when you see. That's when we're going to see is when, when we're faced with the trial. Amen. And it's, it's a good showing because the years of strength and, and the private times with God, they'll come forth there. And I saw that in Africa with um, Julie. And um, really, I, I saw it with all of us. It stood out with Julie because she came back and for a while, she was casting out devils left and right. She was giving breakthroughs in the prayer to everybody, prophesying. What was the difference? She had the power before she left, but she she had to use it over there. She was to protect me. She had to ride, she had to use it, and and was willing to. And then when she when she rose up there, couldn't nobody back here in America tell her she yes. didn't have it. Yes. Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. You know, I, I love it. I love that because he, um, who did he 
who did he come after? He came after, he didn't, he don't come after us if we're not doing right. He don't come after us because we're doing wrong and because we're weak and ineffective. He comes after, he came after Jesus. And so he's going, how much more is he going to come after us? He's going to, he comes after, but it, and it's through those, it's through those trials. Cause who does he seek? Who is he seeking? He's going to, who is he after, seeking whom he may devour? It's those who are resisting, steadfast in the faith, who know that the afflictions are accomplished in your brethren. These are the same things the devil's attacking all of us. I'm steadfast. I'm resisting. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. And what I saw in Job is what, is what you just said, Pastor, that the challenge comes because of Jesus. The challenge comes because of the life of God. But the challenge has to be fulfilled or we lose. The challenge, if the challenge isn't fulfilled, if the challenge isn't answered with resist, the challenge isn't answered with everything that that has been put in me in prayer for years and years starts coming out of me. If that's not how the challenge is answered, then then the devil's just right. He just won. He's won the attack. But if the challenge is answered and fulfilled with everything that God's been putting in me, those seeds that haven't bloomed yet, I don't even know really where they went to. I just know I'm watering them every once in a while. I'm still believing God, still trusting God, still going after the things of God, still staying in prayer, staying faithful because I love him. May not have seen him work yet, but it's because I love him, because I'm going to be faithful. I told him just actually a couple days ago, I said, God, I want to say something to you, and I want to say it out loud so that the devil can hear me too. I am never going to stop loving you. I'm never going to stop. It doesn't matter what attack comes against my family, against my finances, against whatever, whatever attack is coming. I'm not ever going to. I made up my mind, made up my mind, I'm steadfast. And sometimes it's just good to say that out loud. So I know it myself. I am steadfast. I can remind myself. I did say that the other day. I said that. So I am steadfast. I am resistant. But it's not just so that the challenger will be satisfied and the devil knows that we know that God knows who that we know that we are filled with the power and the and the authority and the anointing of God, and we have everything that we need inside of us to overcome every enemy. It's so that I know, it's so that I know that when this, I can overcame this trial. It's like when David was standing before Goliath. Now, if he had just come and stood before Goliath and had nothing else, he might've been a little bit afraid, but he could stand before Goliath and he said, I killed the lion. I killed the bear. I'm fixing to do the same thing to you. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. I've been sick, but I'm healthy now. I've been broke, but now I'm wealthy. I've been, I've been cast down in sin underneath temptation, but in the name of Jesus, I am more than a conqueror. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. I've been down, but now I am above. And this trial, this attack of the enemy, I can stand right here and say, The same thing that happened to that one last year, the same thing that happened when you came against my kids and now they're fine, the same thing that happened in every other trial that I face is about to happen to you too. I'm the one that's not moving. You're the one that's going to have to move. Hallelujah, Jesus.
Amen. We resist Satan. We resist Satan. And he flees. Amen. I've been given all the, Jesus gave us the authority. He already assured victory. I resist him. And I tell him the same thing that happened. All the mother ones that came against me. It's happened to you too. I'm the one that's not moving. Amen. God, we give you praise today. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah, Jesus. Hallelujah, Jesus. Can we just tell the devil for just a second, I am not moving. I steal my nerves. I've steadied my resolve. I planted my feet right here. It doesn't matter what demon in hell. It doesn't matter how many forces of hell come against me. I'm not coming off of this post that God has put me on. I'm not coming off of the promises that God has already spoken to me. Because if God is true, every man is a liar. And in the name of Jesus, if he spoke it, it's going to come to pass. I'm not going to be the one that gives up. One day, that six years, 364 days before my harvest comes, if God spoke it to me, I'm holding on to that and I'm planting my feet. And in the name of Jesus, devil, one of us is going to move and it will not be me. You come against me. You come against me and I resist. You come against me and I stand firm. Hallelujah, Jesus. My God in heaven, we just receive the strength to keep standing for those who are in that time right now. He says when the evil day comes that we withstand and that we don't move, God. For those of us who are in the attack right now, Father, we receive the strength. God, we just release strength to stand. We hope you enjoyed this message from Freedom Ministries. For more information and to stay connected with us, find us on Facebook or the web at Freedom Ministries Crossing.